what was the name of that show um it was don't hug me i'm scared it was like a series of youtube videos that kind of came out of nowhere and they're done in the style of like a children's educational video with like muppets almost okay um and they have sort of a everyone has this basically starts the same way where there's these three characters hanging out and then um another character comes along and teaches them something through an educational song but it always always has like this horror twist you know like so huh uh the first one they the song is about being creative and it ends up with them you know cooking a cake made out of flesh like it gets very <laughs> disturbing imagery and it's all it's all still like puppets so right it's or, like, and it's it it's uh, stylized like a children's show would be yeah yeah um and it oh man it's so freaky and so good and on top of that they also have this like weird arg going on where like you they would release clues about what was really happening and mm-hmm. um it got crazy it was really cool it's just like six six short clips and and that was it and then they got really popular and now they're like doing a tv show and they have merchandise and it's like yeah feels a little um uh, like the magic is gone i don't know what the word for that is yeah you know no i, I know mean. what you mean because um <clears throat> like like we were talking about off camera with meow wolf what was amazing to me was this like the santa fe art collective there's enough artists in santa fe to to make this place happen and they're you know it's a it's this weird little community this weird little conclave or enclave of artists that they all moved out to the mountains they all moved to santa fe where they all are from there or whatever and it was just this thing of like let's just do something super weird here together there's enough of us to do something like this yeah and then they did and it was cool and it became so cool that people with money were like we should do this more places and now it's just you know they're I don't think the Las Vegas one is local Las Vegas artists who were part of a community doing something. I think they're hiring artists and giving them a room to decorate and be weird in this room. Well, and they probably have to like, honestly, like knowing Meow Wolf, like if they probably have like a whole like style guide for it too. Like mm, it yep. can't just be like, do your own style. It's like, it's gotta be, you know, cause people pay to go and see yes. Meow Wolf, you know? Exactly. So the, the original one was just, yeah, like we said, was just a, uh, local artists like banding together to do something and yeah now whoever you know whoever the money is they have exactly the style guide they have their uh you know their brand measurements and stuff like that did you ever see that did you ever see that infamous pepsi cola rebrand document i think i heard about that yeah pepsi yeah pepsi's like brand design or marketing design people when they were revamping their logo from the old like you know italics pepsi from the whatever to like just the circle with half blue half red they had this incredibly elaborate document on here's here's the science behind our logo and they did all you know circles and and whatever the golden ratio is and all it's just, they just broke it down so ultra scientifically but none of it meant anything <laughs> it's just a <laughs> you know here's here's the here's the emotions that your shapes should evoke and that only works at 20 degrees and 75 degrees. And, you know, just, it was all meaningless, but it was like a 400 page styled document. In a way, corporate I, people. in a way, I almost prefer that to like, like, you know, 
the obviously corporations exist in our world and do all their shit or whatever. I almost prefer that more to the image of like a executive standing in the back of the room of, you know, the Meow Wolf business meeting and being like, be more quirky, <laughs> make it weirder. <laughs> That's a good point. Yeah, I guess Pepsi's not disguising themselves as a as an art <laughs> yeah. commune. Exactly. I mean, you know, the the whole we've scienced out which Pepsi logo is going to make you most horny for soda is <laughs> is like that's very on brand for them. <laughs> yeah, that's that their entire job is to justify <laughs> why do we need this whereas, you know, yeah, again Meow Wolf started as something. So and who you know what I should preface this with saying I don't know what I'm talking about. It could be <laughs> entirely possible that the same collective of people that created Malwolf Santa Fe. It could be them doing it in other cities. You know, they could just be taking the show on the road. Maybe it's still, you know, maybe it's still Jerry Garcia, the, and, you know, maybe it's still just the, the roots keeping it alive. I really don't know, but I do know. And I've, and of course it's not it. <laughs> of course there's, Corporate <laughs> money I, I don't now. know but i think i do know yeah, yeah i mean even if it is the original artists like they have gotten money so much money from this there's no way that they're still like i mean and they are opening stuff in las vegas and like it's clear what las their vegas is the are. really las vegas is the really egregious one because you could still be like denver's a actually you know what Maybe Dallas is the egregious one, because <laughs> you could do you could say Denver's like an, still an art town, uh, whatever that's fine. But once you open one in Vegas, it's like who's this for? I mean, this is like the people, the people of Vegas. Hey, shh. sorry, my dog is <laughs> the people of Vegas. They need it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, it's once it's once you have an art thing in Vegas, it just becomes like. It just becomes a thing for hungover parents to take their kids to in the morning before they like, or even drop their kids off at so they can go back to gambling <laughs> and drink. You know what I mean? It's yeah. Just... Kids, you hang out at, at the weird, at the weird art thing while yeah, daddy, leave hits, them, like, daddy hits the tables. Yeah, exactly. Give your 13 year old a $50 bill and make her watch the seven year old and y'all just, y'all just hang out at this art thing, go through all these rooms. We're going back to the tables and, uh, you know, we're trying to pay for tomorrow night's hotel room. It's uh, it's barbaric, barbaric. Yeah. Speaking of. Speaking of. Did you like that? I do. I do. You're the, you're the master of segways. Everybody knows that about you. That's that's true. That's that's what all the listeners listeners have been calling you. Wow. You should have you should have on dress back on. He's the master of segways. I need like a little musical sting. Of, master <laughs> of segways. Um. Yeah. Barbarian. And Barbarian. So that's what we're talking today, folks. Welcome back to a, another episode of Let's Get Trashed. Uh, I got with me with uh, my buddy Andres, uh, which I feel, I'm sorry, I've pigeonholed you into horror movies because that's all <laughs> we've talked on this show so far. That's but, true. And I'm always like, please, yeah, you don't see this. This is behind the scenes. But I'm always like, please, Nick, let's do something else. And he's like, like, no, no you're... <laughs> You're the horror movie guy, all right? That's why I have you here. No, that's not why, folks. I have him here because he's a very good friend of mine, and he's smarter at talking about movies than anybody, um, including me, especially including me. Actually, every guest I have is better at it than me. But uh, I just as a coincidence, we've done three horror movies, and 
we have we're in discussions for other ones for sure but for right now i'm leaning on his horror expertise and i really really wanted to get this one um because you did uh, our last episode that i did with andres everybody was smile and i found out on camera you can watch me find out that a lot of the stuff that happened in smile was very like not regurgitated but uh uh there was a lot of there was a lot of uh you know be inspiration like recycle, recycled recycled thank you there was a lot of recycled tropes and scenes in that movie uh and that and Andres was familiar with all of these and then i watched barbarian at home where did where, when you first watched it did you watch it in the theaters or at home viewing um, yeah, actually, I watched it in theaters um, when it first came out, and then I watched it last night at home just to refresh a little mm -hmm. bit, which I was really glad I did. It's great on a second watch, honestly. Okay, so I was I was going to do. You, it sounds like you like it. Uh, yeah, I mean to spoil to spoil my feelings about it, I really like this movie. Okay, um, good. I was wondering about. I was okay. I was wondering about that because I'm going to say right off the bat. I watched Smile in the theater, the ideal scenario for watching a type of movie, dark room, big screen, my phone's gone, uh, and then I I liked that movie, but I watched this one at home, it took me a couple days, I didn't even watch it all in one sitting, and I was, it was all the, you know, and then I was busy, all the things conspired against me <laughs> for have an ideal viewing and yet i enjoyed this immensely even more and and not to not to keep telling everybody what a scaredy cat i am but i was even more i was even more scared of barbarian watching it just as a dude at home than i was of smile in an actual immersive theater environment so that's kind of how, uh, at least the the horror aspect of it. That's how effective I found Barbarian to be. Yeah, um, it was. It's just a good movie, uh, you know. I mean, and it does such a good job of pacing the scares, pacing the horror out um, in such a effective way. I think mm -hmm. that. It ramps up. You're terrified, but you're pulled in. You know, there's so many. There, there, there are some movies that are very scary. But if you're not a horror movie fan, you might just bounce. Yeah. Like after, you know, the first. If you're watching something like, I don't know, Hereditary, and uh -huh. you know, some there's there's that there's very horrifying scene early on into Hereditary. It might be like ah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but this one keeps, you know, it keeps pulling you in and it really works with the theme of the film too. Um, whereas like people in horror movies die because they just can't leave well enough alone. <laughs> that's well, that's certainly true. Uh, yeah, that, that is the, maybe, uh, a, a, maybe a complaint about horror movies. It, it's a, it's a ton of, why are you going in there? That's what oh, totally, everybody. Yeah. That's what everybody's screaming is, "Don't go in there." Why are you going in there? What is wrong with these teenagers? What is wrong with this single woman by herself? What is wrong with this uh, dude with a limp? Why? Why are you going in there? And uh, yeah, that's part of the fun of it. Maybe I, I know it's like 
I know it doesn't make sense, and I know none of us in real life would ever do that. We would never go in there. I'm definitely too smart to make bad decisions. <laughs> I don't ever go in there. But you know, I gotta say, I think I would go in there in a lot of these situations. I think a lot of us would. Yeah. You know, uh, I it's it's totally fine for you know why I would go in there because I don't believe in monsters. Exactly. So you're like, I can. Yeah. It's not a, this. You you know you think that thing, that feeling. You know, it, it, I'm sure people have that feeling all the time where it's like this is you know horror movies aren't real. So like there's a, obviously not going to be a, a monster murderer in this. Exactly. That's um, exactly the point. That's what people. I forget whenever that criticism comes along of like, why would you ever go into a secret basement you discovered? It's like, well, don't forget to the characters on screen. They don't know they're in a horror movie. They think they're in real life. And in real life, there's no such thing as monsters or psycho murderers behind walls. I mean, there are, but not, you know, not really. Yeah. Certainly not surprise ones. You know, there's a but so I could I could walk into any basement. I'll walk into any basement right now, okay? Because you know what I know is not down there, a monster. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. There might be a nail on the floor that I'm going to step on and get tetanus. <laughs> you know, I've got there's other problems, but I'm not worried of like, you know, I'm not worried of something with five eyes or six fingers or whatever. I'm I'm not worried about that. Uh, but yeah, so let's set this you up know, a little bit because a lot of people have six fingers and i don't know if i'd call them a monster <laughs> well, you, no i meant like that's a good point uh i don't mean like, well i don't know do, do so a just, lot of people have six fingers on one hand or just in total um i've got six total, plus four yeah that's in total would be that would be it's funny because six on one hand is a little too much six all together would be just a little too little <laughs> yeah is right that's why i just picked a number you know where i think i got six fingers from i i just rewatched uh both mortal combats the old one and the new one and goro goro's the, the four-armed monster he's got three fingers on each hand but you know what that doesn't even make sense because he's got four arms so he's got 12 fingers <laughs> you know what that's not the point the point is there's nothing unexpected in in most people's basements. Yeah, that's true. It's usually Except garbage. For, yeah, it's yeah, exactly. It's either garbage. the The most shocking thing you'll find is somebody's grandfather's like Nazi uniform. <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah, you can find a few of those. Grandpa's dark secrets. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, this movie Barbarian did keep me interested, and it kept you coming back. I really like the way they kind of structured this thing because it starts off uh dear audience as what we all saw from the trailer uh, another example of trailer given way too much information but young woman traveling by herself she's staying she pulls up to an airbnb she knocks she she can't get the keys to get in she knocks on the door there's already somebody staying there it's been double booked by the booking company very very realistic situation that's actually happened to people i know before oh i'm sure it's happened a ton yeah um and then of course she's then the film gives us some you know half half cocked reason why she has to stay there that's always the kind of thing of like, do you have to suspend the disbelief 
that's the biggest suspense of disbelief is that there's not a hotel room in Detroit. Yeah. I and mean, she, she can't find a hotel room. She can't find another place to stay. She, you know, um, yeah. and then she ends up staying with this dude, which is like, I, I, yeah, I think that's a little bit unrealistic just because like, no way would any woman, at least any woman I know ever end up staying there that night. Like, no, of course not. Sleep, sleep in your car in the, Sleep in your car in the parking lot of a hotel that's full. It's a better choice. But you know, go they to have, Walmart. They have security. Sure. Yeah, they have that one throwaway line because anybody watching this is like, go to a hotel, woman. But they have the throwaway line. Of, oh, there's a convention in town. That means there's going to be no hotels available. It's like I don't believe that. You know, that's yeah. not that can't be true. Um, but whatever. This is all just. To get us to this place. And of course, she's there with the guy, and he's. They're both uncomfortable around each other. He's acting extra. He he's he's act he's acting very weird, but he's doing it in service of not being weird. You know, you go you know when you go out of your way to make someone feel comfortable, and then they're like, Why are you Yeah. And it's why, why are you making me feel this kind you know? This this guy's he's such a classic nice guy um in this movie yeah uh, for better and for worse but he's so like oh like i'll make you comfortable like you know some guys are really bad you know so i get right. why you're afraid you know of course and he goes out of the way the the one that gets me is like the wine he's he's like i didn't know i was like i want to drink some wine i didn't open it while you were in the shower because i didn't want to open it with you not seeing me in case you know you thought something was going to be done to it and it's just like, look, he's not, I understand the thinking of it, but you can't say it out loud. It's like, you know, it's like if somebody hands you a cup of lemonade and was like, by the way, I didn't piss in the lemonade. I would be <laughs> like, okay, well, I'm definitely not drinking this lemonade. You know what yeah, I mean? I'm, I, I'm not going to roofie you. <laughs> like, yeah. I know that... you, I know you told me something that you thought would reassure me that there's no you're in this lemonade, but for some reason, I'm not reassured by the fact that you even brought it up. Exactly. So a lot of that in this movie or in this setup. And of course, we I think we can even tell from that. We do know from the trailer. If you remember this trailer, folks, we but we we do know from the trailer that this guy whose name I can't even remember. He's a Skarsgård, right? Keith. It's Bill Skarsgård. The, the character's name is Keith. Um. Famously, Bill Skarsgård, who played Pennywise in the new It movie. That's right. Yeah, he's the new Pennywise. Um, anyway, he's our red herring. Yeah. He's, uh, he's spoiler alert, he's not the bad guy. No, no. And they do a great job, too. Like, I didn't mind the trailer, actually, because it really set it up like, uh, maybe she was going to be trapped with a psychopath, you know, with like a this guy who's, you know, staying at the Airbnb and, you know, when well, in reality it turns out he's just a normal dude. Yes, in reality the the true evil is all, has, was all along is Airbnb. <laughs> I've been saying that for years. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, do you hate Airbnb? Because I hate Airbnb. I hate it. No, they suck. I mean, yeah, they, they're 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 not great. Have I'm I stayed in a lot of Airbnbs? Yes. Mm -hmm. Me too. And uh, it's it, especially convenient. it was such a. Is it more convenient? How is it convenient? I don't even understand that because it's so much worse than a hotel, which is actually convenient. You know, 
I, I, I just, I've done Airbnb a bunch of time, not like for different reasons or for, um, <clears throat> you know, back like big family parties and you want the house to host a party at somewhere. That kind of stuff, I guess, makes sense. But the days of me and like somebody traveling and like, let's get an Airbnb instead of a hotel are over. I'm <laughs> never doing that again. I just, I'm anti Airbnb. Wow. Okay. All right. Yeah. Taking this a hard stance. You this is an anti Airbnb podcast. Okay. <laughs> this is anti Airbnb. Official. Podcast. Let's get trashed policy. Um. Yeah. I just don't like. You know. It's not more convenient. I hate the cleaning fees. I hate that you have to clean everything. Yeah, you have to clean everything, and then there's a cleaning fee. Yeah. Um. It's... Yeah. It's it's a little weird, and also like, I mean, on a like a larger scale, like Airbnbs are pretty pretty um bad for housing in general um oh well that's yeah there's always there's always that that now the housing supply is being taken off the market and, and these things are being kept vacant for the mo majority of the time in order to bring in cash for you know owners who now own a several yeah yeah <clears throat> but that'll get i mean yeah that is bad that'll probably get solved if there's like a bubble burst you know, or whatever. Yeah, like I mean, it's, part of the, it's part of the bubble, right? Yeah, exactly. Like it's 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 part of the problem, and hopefully it'll be solved when the whole thing collapses. Although <laughs> you don't want, you know, I mean, it's, it's it's getting to that point is 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 pretty crappy, but well, for sure. But it's like in the Big Short when you know, uh, <clears throat> or not. What what was the the subprime loans? Were yeah, the, the subprime thing. loans thing, and you know, uh, what's his name? Steve Carell's talking to that uh, exotic dancer, and she's like, I have five houses, you know, all with subprime mortgages, all that kind of stuff. And he's like, yeah, we have a bubble. This is going to burst. But anyway, at some point, this person won't have five houses. They'll have to sell off the four Airbnb properties, and then that, that'll become, uh, that'll become um, surplus on the market or whatever. It'll, be, it'll go back to the marketplace. Equilibrium. Bring, yeah. Ideally, who knows what'll happen? It'll probably not happen. It'll get it'll get purchased by BlackRock and then yeah, and then whatever. and then there'll, there'll be something horrible with it. Yeah, um, I on rewatching this movie, I actually loved loved that first scene of them in the house. Mm -hmm. um, pretty much the whole that whole first night where they're hanging out and talking. Yeah, uh, because of all of the foreshadowing that they dropped there in that in that first scene, and I didn't really um, pick up on a lot of it the first time watching it. Uh -huh. I think just so as I was so creeped out by the whole situation, being like, "Is he going to kill her? Is he going to kill her?" But rewatching it, knowing what was going to happen, I could kind of more focus on the dialogue. And they for they lay out so much in that first scene; it's really? insane. Yeah, yeah. and we um, can talk more about it when we get to spoilers. But it, sure, that's you know why what? I really enjoyed that. We're in spoilers right now. Let's just oh, let's just get into cool. it. I don't even want to stifle ourselves. Uh, and this whole episode will just be kind of like talking about the movie because frankly it's been out for a while yeah you should have seen it already there's been there's been people that have already Listeners. talked about it uh but there's there's stuff i want to talk about too so i'd rather we're we're in spoilers already folks we're just gonna do it uh so yeah uh go ahead uh because i didn't i'm trying to remember it i've still only seen it the once i don't really remember any like the foreshadowing of any of that kind of stuff but i do remember you know I was more focused on a lot of the social commentary stuff, and I'll get to we'll get to that in a little bit. Yes, and that's an important part of this movie too. It does a kick-ass job of 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 uh, 
throwing in social commentary in there, honestly. Um, Interesting. I disagree. I oh, okay. All right. Well, we'll see some sparks here in a little bit. But, yeah, we'll, we'll uh, see. Let's talk, about, let's talk about the foreshadowing. Um, so the, my favorite one is there's a point where she's talking about uh, her ex-boyfriend, Marcus, uh, who he's seen calling her a couple times in the very, very beginning. Uh, mm-hmm. And she says, I always go back. I should never go back. Uh, oh, right. And then she goes back in the movie twice when she really shouldn't uh, to rescue guys who totally don't deserve it. <laughs> uh, um, yes. Well, I mean, you know, fir- no, nobody deserves to die. The second guy definitely doesn't deserve to get saved. <laughs> True. But a, she doesn't know that. And she, and she's just got a good heart too. Like she can't help it. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, she seems like a sweetheart. Uh, the first guy, okay. Uh, the first guy, she doesn't, she doesn't even know, uh, or actually neither of the guys she knows. And so, but the first guy's a, a nice guy. What well, uh, Skarsgård is, a, is as we find out, once the once the red herring wears off, he's a genuinely sweetheart of a dude. Uh, so he does deserve to get saved, you know. And she's her. She has her new friend. She's going down. This is right after we discover the the. Not only is there the secret room in the basement, but there's a there's a stairwell. There's a secret tunnel below. Oh my god! The basement of that just keeps get, getting worse. Yeah, it's it's. I love that scene um, where she's sort of she discovers this hidden door in the basement. Well, there's the door. We should talk about the door because it's actually I think a big character in this movie. Weirdly. Okay. The door to the basement from the house locks automatically from the outside and closes automatically after being left open for a few minutes. Yeah. And it's the catalyst for a lot of stuff that happens in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but she gets trapped in the basement um, the next day, right? After, after having her nice night with uh, Bill Skarsgård. Yeah, so it's it's the it's the next day. He's out doing his errands, and uh, she is. She gets back from her job interview, and then, uh, but he's not he's not there. He's still out doing whatever he's got to do, and while that happens, she gets locked in the basement. Yeah, because uh, the door closes on her, and then it almost happens again, and then she <laughs> you know she rightfully she rightfully stops it uh yeah but then while she's trapped down there she looks around she discovers this the secret basement with the video camera room and the bed which is that's the creepiest like most horrifying room set design in the yeah yeah history of rooms just a, a, a a blank white room with blood on the walls a bucket a mattress and a camera and a camera yeah that was brutal i mean that was very well like so starkly designed and so just looking mm-hmm. at it the second you see this room you like this is the worst place bad shit happens in there this is yeah. awful that's what any normal person should think and we'll 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 get to it we'll we'll get to the one guy who doesn't think that the funniest scene in the movie uh a little bit later but um she's rightly terrified she's like i'm out of here i'm not i'm not staying in this house and once she sees that which yeah. I, I did appreciate that Exactly. She's right. And, and again, Bill Skarsgård is like all of us. He's like, 
monsters aren't real. I understand this room is messed up and whoever was, but there's nobody in here right now. Let's walk around. And he somehow finds that other door and goes even further down. Yeah. Or is grabbed. Yeah. A secret here's, under a secret. Here's the part I don't like about the trailer is him getting hit and everything going black. That is in the trailer. Yeah. So we know from the trailer he's a victim because we see him get victimized. We see him get hit by. A, a I kind son. of agree. Yeah. I, I wish so they had left that's that what I mean. the trailer too. Yeah. If they had left that one part out, I think the trailer would have been better because mm -hmm. – but I, it, it made it too obvious that he's a red herring all through the beginning of the scene that set up building tension and then the release of it once they, once they start to trust each other and once they become friends. Um, that was a really, really well done moment. But I think it was hamstringed a little bit by the, the trailer already showing me that, you know, the tension didn't build as much because I knew yeah. from the trailer that this guy was not the bad guy. Um, and that's another, and that's another fun piece of foreshadowing from that first scene. Again, uh, there's a point where she mentions like guys just walk right in and that's what he does. Like he sees this terrifying mm -hmm. room, this objectively horrifying room, this, this terrifying, even scarier de descent into darkness stairway. And he's like, yeah, I'm going to check this out. Yeah. Both of the guys in the movie see that and they're like, yeah, <laughs> I'm going in there. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. That's part of the, you know, that's part of the uh, men, man versus woman commentary yeah. that, that they do. And, of course, a little bit of the, um, you know, as, uh, a, a lot of it, especially from her perspective is, or from that character's perspective is, like, the, uh, you know, abusive relationships. You know, like I said, she, I, I keep coming back to something that, in parentheses, hurts her. Yeah. Whether it's, even if it's not physical you know, abuse, you know, the the emotional abuse or something that's not good for us. I keep coming back yeah. to something that's not good for me uh, because of her, I don't, I don't know, womanly instincts. Are they saying this is a thing all women do or it's, you know, who knows? But uh, that's that's one of our commentaries. And, and I'll start to I'll start to reveal little by little why I think the social commentary aspect of this movie kind of falls apart but that's our first chapter and then i love the smash we're in the we're in this underground tunnel smash cut to daylight broad daylight pacific coast highway dude listening to the worst song ever <laughs> in his convertible justin long yeah um that I I love that I and and now it's like that first part of the movie didn't even happen. We're just yeah. at a completely separate, completely different thing, and it's it's great. It's it's I, it's great. Yeah. Well, in the end of that, like that 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 scene before, you know, she she finds Bill Skarsgård, Keith, in the in that horrible dungeon room. Uh, you know, and he's he's terrified. And then before she can figure out what's going on, a a horrifying creature comes out of the darkness and smashes his head against the wall until it bursts. Uh, yeah, like a shockingly violent scene. And then directly to go directly from that 
to Justin Long singing a song in his convertible along the God Highway One. It's it's wonderful. Yeah. Um, and here's a couple things. One, I mean, happens early on uh, in keeping with the social commentary thing. Um, obviously, the current like master of that is Jordan Peele. Yeah. Who was, uh, if not a producer on this film, I know the the writer and director of this film. Uh, uh, Jordan Peele. Zach Kreger. Like, yeah, Zach Kreger. Peele is a like a mentor and a friend to him. So Jordan Peele uh, helped with this film. I didn't. I didn't know that. Yeah, the. Uh, but that makes sense. Yeah, Craig Kreger and, and Peele are friends. Uh, maybe they've even done business in the past. I'm I'm not sure. But as I was reading this movie after I watched it, or re- reading about this movie after I watched it, um, it is uh, Peele is is was involved in some way. I don't know if he's officially credited as a, as a producer. I think he might be. But nevertheless, uh, he was somebody that Kreger, the director, turned to for help, and uh, that's that's part of you know these guys are similar. They're 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 friends and coworkers. They both are kind of socially minded or socially conscious, and they want to put kind of messaging into their films. Peel well, they is both obvious- went from skit comedy to horror which yes. is fun which is also That's fun twist. right because Kreger was uh, uh whitest kids you know whitest kids you know which i haven't seen too much of whitest kids you know but there's five or six whitest kids you know sketches that are in my top 10 like they're, they're some of the funniest sketches ever they were uh, good yeah i mean abraham the, the assassination of abraham lincoln <laughs> is one of my favorite ones sniper <laughs> business Sniper business is one of yeah. the best things ever. Um, uh, hot daughter. Is I don't a, remember that one. Oh, well, maybe I do. It's so funny. It's the dad and the kid, and then they're eating breakfast, and the this daughter comes down, and she's like, "Daddy, is this shirt too tight?" And they're both like not looking at her, and then she <laughs> whatever she leaves, and the son is like, "Dad, why is she so hot?" And he's like, "I don't know, dude. It sucks." <laughs> anyway, it's so funny. So yeah, Krager and Peel both went from sketch comedy to horror. That's a, a really good point. And uh socially conscious horror. Uh, uh yeah. At, at at both. I I love I love the the jump to to Justin Long. And now we're at our uh now we're at our the Me Too section of our film. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, the first thing that happens to Justin Long is he gets a call. He's like a an actor, like up-and-coming actor in Hollywood. Yeah, is it um, expressly said that he's an actor? Because I missed that. Everybody, uh, the things I've like read about it called him an actor, but I... He, I, I mean, I, he could either be an actor, he could be a, a he could be a director or a, a, a showrunner. You know, he could be that's a good point. Um, I don't yeah, think they expressly the, say what his job, although he is accused of, uh, of uh, assaulting or sexually assaulting an, an actress. Yes. Yes. Uh, I guess it doesn't matter what his role is, but. Yeah, I know. I got the feeling he was an actor, but you're Probably. right. Yeah, that makes, I mean, that makes necessarily. Yeah. Uh, either way, he's accused of that. He's off the project. The, the pilot, the upcoming TV series. He's gone. His accountant drops him. That that first phone call where they tell him 
that he's he's off the project is so funny. It's yeah. the, the the comic timing between the characters. That one guy who keeps just saying, "Calm down, just calm yeah. down." Like <laughs> it's great, and that's a fun piece of foreshadowing too. Because later on, he has a hard time calming down when he really needs to. Like yes, that's true. Um, <clears throat> yeah, so we get we get to see his fall from grace or his, you know, uh, we get to see the beginning of his like downfall. Yeah. Um, and, and then it quickly goes to, it gives us a bunch of reasons. Cause frankly, let's be honest. Justin long is one of the whitest people on earth. You gotta, he, there's no other way to get him to Detroit <laughs> without, <laughs> without making him a Hollywood rapist on the lamb. You know, that's like the, that's the only way it makes sense to put Justin long in the Detroit movie. Yeah, you know what I mean, uh, so everything Hollywood goes. Hollywood rapists on the lamb sounds like a fun, <laughs> a fun flick. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like a trauma film. Yeah. <laughs> um. Anyway, so he's he's his accountant drops him. He's not making any new money. He's got to he's got to sell a bunch of property. He's got to sell some property he has back in his hometown of Detroit. He has to, uh, you know, whatever. He's got to pay his attorney's fees because he's trying to fight this thing in court, blah, 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 all that kind of stuff. Um, he then finds himself in back in Detroit. He's staying at this same Airbnb, uh, except for the fact that it's his property. He owns this place. And he's complaining about the fact that it wasn't cleaned since the last guests were here. And uh, yeah, this, um, you know, the Keith and the, uh, Tess, the, mm-hmm. the the main Our, character, their stuff is still there. Yeah, uh, and the audience, we have no idea what happened to them, so we're like, well, we know we know Keith's dead, but we don't yeah. know what's happened to Tess, so we're like, oh man, how long's it been? You know, right? We don't know how long it's on. been either. Yeah. That's a that's a great point. Uh, although we can tell it hasn't been too long because you know this place wasn't booked between then between now and then. Yeah. And there's uh, a throwaway line. I think they're like last person hasn't been there for a couple of weeks or something. Yes. So yeah, thank you. They do give us a they do give us a two week kind of thing. Um, <clears throat> either way, it's just all set up. I I like I really love this kind of conceit of the movie of having these two completely separate storylines. It's almost like a Seinfeld episode. We have two. We have different storylines that converge at the end. Yeah. Yeah. Um. um and they do, yeah, they do a good job of 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 uh, bringing it back, you know, of, of of like, oh, really scary. Now we're kind of back, and it's slowly getting scarier, and then it comes yes. back a little. Yep, there's a lot of rising and falling tension throughout this film. Yeah, um, and then of course the funniest scene of all is Justin Long, and maybe this is another commentary on the men feeling comfortable in situations where anybody else should feel uncomfortable. He, <laughs> yeah. He finds a secret hidden basement room. He finds a room with a mattress on the floor and a camera and blood on the walls. And he immediately, the, it, the next scene smash cut to him Googling. Can I add that to my square footage on the house? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I love that. I love that wrinkle. It's so funny. It's so funny. And then him walking around with the, the tape measure as he's trying to just measure the size of the room so he can add it to the square footage to increase the property value of the house that he needs to sell. It, it made me laugh. It made me laugh so much. 
Uh, no, he has very... some great scenes. Justin Long's a, a good actor. I mean, he's ah, he's really like committed it. to this sleazeball role in this movie, which I like. Yeah. Um, yeah. He he's very good. Uh, however, and I guess I'll just dive in because I, I just don't I don't want to. We don't need to just go through the whole plot necessarily, but I I do want to say what isn't working thus far or not even thus far it's still making sense so far but we're about to get to where the social commentary in my opinion starts to lose its effectiveness because so far we've seen uh men versus women abusive relationships uh we've seen the uh like the decay these you know these the decay of like suburban neighborhoods and and of course the one nice house in this neighborhood so that's like the beginning of gentrification perhaps um we've seen the me too movement we're we're 20 minutes into this thing and we've had fo- we've had four uh we've had four things being commented on uh oh no we've had five because when she comes back from her job interview earlier she's about to go into her house and a man screaming at the top of his lungs running full tilt towards her is is trying to get her attention uh, 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 a guy who's presumably a homeless man so now we've seen like how do we tr- we've seen a fifth commentary on how do we treat the homeless and stuff like that uh that and then of course he becomes he becomes a a savior character later so, yeah, sort of. <laughs> well, he attempts to. He, he, it turns out, it turns out the the homeless man who was chasing after you in broad daylight and screaming at you at the top of his lungs, he's actually a good guy. I actually had your best. Uh, so, so if uh, I, I don't know what is wrong with you, uh, entitled entitled uh, middle class woman. To I don't know where you get the nerve being scared of a man running at you screaming full volume. <laughs> Uh, but yeah. maybe you should maybe you should reevaluate the way you look at yourself. That's <laughs> that's what I hate about that. We're, we're twenty minutes in this movie and we've already got five topics they're trying to cover, and there's four or five more coming because the police don't believe her. The uh, we've so now we've got now we've got the police thing. We've got like um, <clears throat> we we've got white flight from our flashback episode. Uh, the actual original homeowner, his neighbors, like you know, you've seen the neighborhood changing. They try to do too much in this film. There's like ten societal ills that they're that that they bring up, and it, it at some point I thought it was just kind of an overload. I don't think any of them particularly get addressed too. Uh, uh, deftly or even or nuancedly, certainly, it just and it just became like every few minutes. Here's a new, uh, here's a new like social comment that we that we're positing. Does that make sense? Yeah, I, I see. I can pick up on some of that. Um, the movie goes to a lot of different places. There's a bunch of stuff going on with the characters. You know, there, there's not really a conversation or a line in this film that's a throwaway throwaway line um which i actually one of the things i liked about this movie everything really served the theme or the plot and sometimes both Mm -hmm. um 
you know, every line is either revealing something about the characters or it's foreshadowing for something else. Um, there's a fun, you know, when I first watched it, I thought it was kind of a throwaway scene, but there's a fun scene uh, with Justin Long's character. What's, what's his name? Um, man, I'm trying to remember his name. He has like a, kind of a funny AJ, AJ. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, AJ Gilbride. <laughs> uh, <laughs> where he's talking to his friend in a bar. And oh, that's like, played, played by the director. Yeah, that's that. Yeah, that's that. Craig, yeah. yeah. Uh, and his friends just like real talk, like you know, did you do it? You know, about the whole, you know, getting called out. And he's like, no, dude. Like at first she was reluctant, but then eventually she gave in. I'm a persistent guy. By the end of it, she was really, you know, she was really into it. Right. Um, which I love because like that's a very that you hear that you know from from people who've done that, and you also it sets you up later for there's a scene towards the end of the film um, where he, and I guess since we're in spoilers, I'll just say it, but he pushes Tess off the top of a water tower so that he can escape Uh the, um, the creature. Uh, And then, you know, she survives somehow. Uh, The creature, I guess, kind of sacrifices herself for her. They all both end up surviving, which is kind of a weird scene, but yeah, exactly. It, the, He runs down there and he's already starting to rationalize in his head, like yes. how it wasn't his fault. He's like, you were slipping. I didn't even touch you. Like, no, dude, right. you threw her off. Like we all saw it. You know? Yeah, exactly. Right. He's, he's a guy that can't take responsibility for his actions. Not only does he do bad actions, but he won't even take responsibility for them. Yeah, exactly. Which is, which is a double, it sucks, you know, for sure. But I, again, I, I I I like the way that character is written because that does feel realistic. Yes, there are people yeah. we know like that. I don't think I know any Hollywood rapists, but I definitely know people that do shitty things and then rationalize it or or oh totally um, don't yeah. make or make excuses for their poor behavior, whatever it may be. And 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 you know what? More importantly, we have all done that in some form or another. Yeah, we've all made a mistake of some kind and then tried to give ourselves an out instead of facing it head on. It's a tough thing to do uh, as a person. The idea is you want to not do it all the time. Like, uh, like AJ Gilbride does. Yeah. It seems to be that's his kind of go-to move, you know, whatever he is an actor. He's not, you know, he's just a he's guaranteed already a psychopath. So <laughs> yeah, uh, definitely. Yeah. Um, and, and, but that was also, you know, that was that social Again, that was like the I guess that's all part of the Me Too that's wrapped up with like the Me Too social commentary, but the you know, the what what people refer to as like rape culture, that that idea of, you know, teach your teach your boys that no means no. There is no like there is no There's persevering no convincing, or, convincing yeah. them. Um <clears throat> and so, you know, people people say that that made its way into this film him him being like yeah you know i'm a i'm a pers- i'm a persistent guy or whatever he says you know me no. uh, which is is chilling even though it's 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 you know it's not a horror a horror part of this film it's kind of scary to hear that line you know cuz then you kind of can imagine this whole scene where this young actress is like trying to keep her job on this film but at the same time trying not to trying to resist the advances of this dude you know and and that's a very scary scene because it's very real yeah it is it does come off as realistic uh it also in a in a sense comes off as you know i could see a scenario where if you just heard that 
isolated. If that was if that was our introduction to Justin Long, rather than the rather than the phone call with his agents on the on the PCH, if that was our introduction, we didn't know anything else. We didn't hear any of the accusations. If you heard that in a vacuum, you could he plays it off as casually a thing. You could yeah. believe it. You, you, well, I think it, the point is he believes it. Well, of course, for for the for the film, but as far as like just regular people, you could hear a, uh, something like that and chalk it up like, oh, it's just a misunderstanding. You know, he seems pretty casual, and you know, he sounds very sincere in that scene. You're like, he, oh he yeah, I think he's I think he's telling the truth. Yeah, it must just be a misunderstanding. Hopefully, they get it all worked out between these two people. And of course, we have more context because we're watching a film that's carefully constructed to show us what they want. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, I don't know. I wrote down a few things cause then I, I wrote down, um, like I wrote one of my notes is it, this movie's kind of like a Tarant, like a Tarantino revenge fantasy. I always <laughs> say this, the reason like Django Unchained and Inglorious Bastards and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, the reason they were so uh like successful but also kind of cathartic is because pe- people criticize early in his career people criticize tarantino for his excessive violence his movies are too bloody and violent and then he makes a movie where they shoot hitler with a machine gun 400 times and they blow up they kill a bunch of nazis in these really gruesome ways and it's like well criticize me for violence now asshole you can't because i'm being <laughs> violent to nazis and if you complain about me being violent to nazis what does that mean? You're on the side. Like, so he isolated himself from from the violence criticism by making his bad guys Nazis or slave owners or the Manson family or the Manson family. He's yeah. sla- he's slamming a girl's head into a a brick fireplace in uh in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and it's like, no, 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 you can't get mad at me for hitting a girl's head into a brick fireplace. She's a Manson that she was trying to kill Sharon Tate. Uh, that's so he he. He gets away with violence by making his uh, by making the the uh, the recipients of that violent be historically the worst people ever. Nazi slave owners. Yeah, we all agree. Is we should all be rooting for it. Which Uh, is like, I like Tarantino. I think that's a little bit lazy. Like, I think it's like if you your your villains don't have a lot of nuance. If it's like, well, it's Nazis, they're bad. Like, it's okay to do whatever you want to them. I think it's fun. I just I don't think it's necessarily like. I mean, I don't know. I, I, I tend to like when the bad people are more sympathetic, I guess, maybe. More um, realistic, yeah. Yeah. Although, again, the, um, he does give us the, – the one Nazi he gives us is Christoph Waltz. He gives that's – the, that's the one with – maybe he's not so, sympathetic, he's so but he's such a powerful character Yeah, that makes up for that – you know that uh yeah all, all the other ones are very you know one di- one dimensional uh you know just whatever nazis that they that his gang is capturing and cutting things off their cutting you know scalping and all that kind of stuff um but he gives us he gives us one character to like focus on as this is the oh actually two cuz he gives us the uh the film star as well oh yeah 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 he gives us that guy but either way uh so now we're seeing anyway now i'm just like oh what you work in film what a coincidence the guy that owns this house is also a hollywood rapist 
uh, or you know, the only person. Oh, look who's getting raped now, Mister Hollywood Big Shot, because he, you know, he's now trapped in a dungeon and being forced to suck, you know, on being forced to suck on the teat of like the giant monster. You know, it's it's you're you're fine with this happening to Justin Long a little bit in the same kind of vein. Those that those two that connection uh, stuck out to me. Uh, yeah, let's talk about our monster. Yeah, let's talk about our monster. Um, speaking of sympathetic characters, um, I don't know. <laughs> well, you know, honestly, like especially towards the end of the film, I felt pretty bad for her. Like, you know, you have this. You kind of, we, you kind of learn a bit more about her backstory, but you know, basically, the story of the monster is she's the daughter, the inbred daughter of a serial killer mm-hmm. who had been torturing and and raping women in his in the basement of his home for. 30 years or whatever yeah. well even longer because i guess it was from the 50s i think like well so yeah they the, the they flash back to a point in the 80s and he's already been doing it for a while he's been doing it for a while yeah but uh, i think the flashback happens right before the birth of the monster okay uh yeah and i i what i really love about that flashback i love the color i love the way it looks so like vivid and also they go to they change aspect ratio there so because it's the 80s they didn't have widescreen TVs so it's it's 4-3 it's like a square it, it yeah. square aspect ratio which is a, a cool No that like, flashback is effect. is wonderful. Um, yeah, really good. That's where we get our white flight uh social comment. Oh yeah, that that line I remember. Yeah, the neighbor going like the neighborhood's going to hell. I'm I'm we're moving out. He's like I'm not moving out. And they they don't know it's because he spent all this time building Rambo tunnels underneath his house. <laughs> So he could, yeah. So he could torture people down there. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah. So yeah, he's been kidnapping and uh, sexually assaulting and 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 well, raping women and and impregnating some of them and, and raising the babies and stuff like that. And at some point, I don't know how long he's. That's the thing is, <clears throat> I don't know how many generations have to happen before uh, he gives birth to a seven foot tall monster that's the oh who's also credited as the mother and and that's kind of the thing we see is that she has these maternal instincts for some reason yes well she's been watching the same baby care video that's what it was vhs for 30 years yes (laughs) three years um and i yeah she's she even though she has very limited mental facilities you get the idea that she is obsessed with being a mother with like with having a baby to take care of. Um, yeah. And then, so th- and that's, and, all and she so knows she's is credited as, yeah, all she knows is violence. Yeah. She's, it's, she's in a rough situation. I'm, I'm not, I'm not, uh, <clears throat> uh, I'm not denying that. Um, you know, uh, she, so this, yeah. Uh, anyway, the film. If you watch the credits, it she's the mother. That's actually the name of the monster. I will say same thing I said in our smile episode. Frankly, once I see the monster, I'm no longer. I have a hard time maintaining like a level of not interest, but I'm no I'm I'm no longer scared once I see the monster. And they did it kind of early. We saw we we caught a glimpse of the monster. 
they uh, do they do a pretty decent job of obscuring her in the in ways or showing her for brief moments um where so it's they're not you know exactly showcasing her yeah. uh full glory all the time i do i do think that it does you know i mean obviously anytime you see a monster see something it's not going to be as scary as what you have in your head right um and the more you see it the more familiar you get with it and the less scary it becomes um but they do do a good job of there's a great scene i think one of the creepiest scenes with her she's sort of slowly coming out of the darkness and you can start to see her Mm -hmm. um you know her her silhouette she's very man the design is amazing i love the design of the monster she's she's uh she's really scary she's, yeah it's it's uh, very it's very weird it, it, again it's giant i i have uh, one of my notes is has this monster bitch just been doing push-ups for 40 years why is she so strong freaky strong man so strong she's she should be vitamin d deficient you know hasn't seen sunlight pale white but crazy strong um and then yeah uh there's a there's a Chekhov's gun in this justin long gets his hands on a gun when he escapes from the dungeon and uh he takes it actually from the old the old serial killer guy which is takes it from the old man who is also living down there in, in the deepest part of the tunnel Oh my god, the VHS tapes, just the titles. What a great scene. Yeah. That's very creepy. He's just he's just bedridden, surrounded by his VHS tapes of all the from that camera, from that camera in that first that first room where he committed all his he's just rewatching his uh his rapes and tortures. This guy is a this guy's a nightmare, dude. And the titles of the VHS tapes have things like puker screamer like crier redhead like just creepy stuff yeah well like, and it had and it had like where he abducted like redhead from the pharmacy yeah just he, like yeah yeah horrifying horrifying what a great i mean that's that's a great way that you can show and not tell right and yes in a, in a film and, and really evoke a strong feeling without barely showing us anything but a few vhs tape titles you know very powerful yeah. stuff i think yeah, that was uh, why, and the fact that he would even like go through the—he's crazy enough to like title them. Oh, yeah, just he, this dude made his videos, put it on videotape, and then he got a little white label, and then he um, got a marker and wrote on it. Psycho. Yeah, it's so mundane and chilling at the same time. Yeah. Um. <laughs> anyway, he gets a gun from that. Tess, our hero, goes back in. After the police don't believe her again, so she goes looking for the police to help. The police won't help. Uh, the police won't help uh, because we don't believe women. There's another. There's another social comment. <laughs> the police are bad in general. That's another social comment. I, uh, I yeah. I, they, I think the police suck in this. But I will say, on rewatch, I'm like, man, I get why they didn't believe her. She has no keys for the house. She's like super dirty and looks like she's been like living in a ditch. Like she doesn't do a good job of being like, this is my car. Yeah. Oh, this I have. I did. I have something that can kind of ID me in my open this car, get out from the glove compartment. You'll see my name on the title. You'll see my home address where I'm actually from, whatever. Um, but also she, she should have tried more than if the first two cops you see don't help you find a phone and just like call the local precinct and explain it or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Explain it to somebody. <clears throat> but yeah, they accuse her of 
being on, you know, you're 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 dirty and you're black. You're probably on drugs. That's like yeah. that's what they're saying to her. Um. Anyway, she goes back into the house to save Justin Long, who she doesn't know is a bad guy. Well, first, first she gets her keys, runs back to her car, and then sees the mother come out uh, and hits her with her car. Oh, yes. Before she goes back in. So she kind of like angrily drives, yeah, basically drives smashes into the, her car into the... Into the side of the house. Into the side of the house. where And then the, and the, the woman just punches the, the windshield, breaks it, and you're like, damn, she's strong. Yeah, <laughs> she's very strong. I've never seen her like, dang, so strong. That might be where I had the... Has she <laughs> just been doing push-ups for 40 years? Uh, anyway... Yeah, and then so then she goes back down into the basement. Yeah, she goes back down in the basement. She gets shot. <laughs> Justin Long shoots the first person he sees, happens to be the woman trying to save him. Yeah. So no matter what, he keeps hurting women. <laughs> he can't, can't help can't, he can't, can't help, help himself. He's a dude who hurts women. Uh whether it's you know, that's all he does. <clears throat> anyway, they go back and then they get saved again by the 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 crazy you know, in quotation marks, the crazy homeless guy from earlier who was shouting, he shows up and, and he gets them to safety. The safety of his, like, uh, his little place. camp or yeah, whatever. His little, yeah. his little camp hovel, wherever he's hanging out. And, and he kind of gives them the backstory then on, uh, and, and for the audience too, a little bit of the backstory on, yes, on and the, I, who the mother is. Yeah. And I have another comment about him. Because from early, from his earlier scene, because we find out it was he was a warning. He was warning her yeah. from his his earlier scene. He's shouting and yelling and chasing at her, and she's trying to get inside the house. And she thinks that somebody dangerous is after her. Uh, frankly, it's his fault. All right, dude, you have you can you can approach people better than that. I wrote, uh, "There's got to be a, there's there's sir, there's got to be a better way to approach people." And it, <laughs> it reminded me of that scene. Bart sideshow Bob is out of jail. Bart is Bart Simpson is terrified. Homer kicks open the door to Bart's bedroom in the middle of the night and says, Bart, do you want to see my brand new chainsaw? And he's like <laughs> shaking the chainsaw around and Bart screams. He's like, oh, I'm sorry, boy. And then he leaves. And then and then Homer comes back in. Uh, <clears throat> Bart, check out my new knives I got. He's just like, Homer's just trying to. I was like, Homer, you're scaring the, the dog shit out of this child. Yeah. But that's what this that's what this homeless guy is doing with his. you got to. You got to not be Homer Simpson. In, in Read your, the room, bro. Yeah, of course she's going to be terrified of you if you run up on her being like, get out of that house. Yeah, if, if you're trying to spread your message, you have to be smarter than Homer Simpson. That's all we ask. But he just keeps doing the... <laughs> well, you know, and that's, that's a low-key theme of this movie, too. People can't keep their shit calm, you know, because there's like that whole, that whole thing with the mother. Like if, if, if you're uh, agitated around her, she'll be agitated. And that's when, what causes her to kill yeah um yeah for sure that's a good point and then yeah we'll we'll skip ahead he's the very another very funny scene he goes this you know they're like are we safe in your little camp here mr homeless man he's like you're totally safe here i've been <laughs> yeah, here for, i've been here for 15 years and she's never come she's never been she can never she can't get in here he's not he's barely done with the sentence it's comical they you know they, he the sentence is barely out of his mouth when she bursts through the she bursts through the brick wall like the kool-aid man and it's just she kills she's just she tears kills his everybody. Arm off. yeah She's going. She starts wilding out as as uh as they say on MTV. She just starts going nuts. 
So that was very funny. Um, and then they run up to the top of a water tower. We mentioned that he, in order to save himself, Justin Long throws throws Tess off the water tower. Jeez. And then what made me laugh is that the mother, our monster, uh, she does the Batman jump. She yeah, she throws herself off the, yeah. the water tower to save yeah. save Tess. When the when the Joker threw Rachel out of Bruce Wayne's penthouse, uh, Batman jumps down to catch her and then lands on his back. <laughs> That's exactly they copied that. They just did the Batman jump, but it was a yeah. monster. <laughs> um, yeah. So I, I, I guess I would just say like my my thing is like pick a pick a thing if you're for because the social commentary it's it's certainly interesting and it and it elevates horror movies to a level. Uh, that's why I think horror movies have done it. I mean, we, Jordan Peele's obviously like the 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 king of the hill right now. He's the guy who's doing it best and most effectively um but it, that's been a staple of horror genre forever uh i think it's i think it's better to to just be a little more concise just pick a thing instead of trying to like connect everything pick two or three and and then and then see how those relate but i don't know i, I thought it was just too many yeah, the movie has a lot going on, honestly. For for being kind of a small-ish like scale, you know, there's yeah. only a few actors. It has a lot going on, um, which I, I liked, but I also can see I can see that throwing people off too, you know, because it's mm-hmm. it, it's daunting, especially when you don't know what you're getting into. To you know, to to watch this and be like, am I supposed to be paying attention to this character? Like, is this character bad? Is this like I yeah. I don't know where I'm supposed to be on like on on how I feel about things. Um, but I did love, and I think that what I liked about it, especially on rewatch, was realizing that it's that I think that what it was really, I guess maybe trying to go for, at least in my opinion, was the different ways that men can victimize women and from bill skarsgård's character to the cops to uh justin long's character to this old man serial killer guy um it's 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 all they're they're all participating in even you know even bill skarsgård who's you know a good guy um just can't he can't he he won't let tess leave the house you know he forces you know he basically kind of screws her over because he goes into the to that basement when he didn't need to at all and then begs for her help to get That's, out of there. I mean, I... The... Okay. Yeah, that's a little unfair. <clears throat> um, I I think I... He's he's going out of his way, especially early on, especially that first night, he's going out of his way to, to be a gentleman. Even the oh. thing of like... And, and I get it. I also... I also am not persistent. He's a persistent guy, like Justin Long. He's persistent in his uh, Southern hospitality values or wherever this guy's from. He's like, I'm not going to let a woman sleep on the couch. You can take the bed, and then we'll do all the laundry and all everything. We'll we'll turn this into a four-hour fucking ordeal while I wash all the sheets for you. Um, You know, he's like, he's like, He's like, you know, nope, you can you can stay here, or, you know, whatever. He's just he's doing all these like maybe that's a maybe that's a comment comment on like outdated chivalry. <laughs> you know, yeah. let that I let mean that... it's pretty un, it's pretty uncomfortable. Like even though you don't 
even in the beginning, you know, when you're not sure if he's a bad guy or not, like a lot of his stuff that he does, there's a scene where he's like, well, I guess I'm going to sleep on the couch, you know, and she's just like, all right. And then they're Mm -hmm. just standing there and you're like, oh God, like that's so uncomfortable. Like, oh, you think he was like, you think he was, I think he was hoping that she'd she'd uh, invite him to stay in the bed. That's pretty funny. Maybe. Uh, that's kind but, of the feeling I got, but but that but by that point that was when they were uh, uh, they had become friends at that point. Yeah, yeah. Well, and she ends up. I mean, she is interested in him too. Yes. Like she makes that pretty clear. I, I don't let, to say like I don't think he's like a villain essentially, but I think his his masculinity, his toxic masculinity, his desire to protect and be the strong man and go and check out this this basement that you know they have no reason to check out, like is is a catalyst at least it is the catalyst for setting off the events that that yes it does it it does kind of start this except for the fact that sh- the monster did come creeping around that first night she that's woke, true she woke him up she's saying like did you unlock my door did you do all this kind of stuff he's like what no get away from me um <clears throat> it's the middle of the night and she's like i'm sorry <laughs> yeah that's a great scene too uh that is that is a good scene but so this monster might have just kidnapped them if they slept together in the middle of the next night, or even if they maintained separate sleeping areas for the next night. Monster might have just kidnapped them, anyways. Oh yeah, that, I mean that's they what really the monster just, does. Yeah, they really should have just just left. Um, oh, one hundred percent. But also, like you said, he shouldn't have gone into this crazy room that he has no reason to check out. The reason he. He has no reason not to check it out because there's no such thing as monsters. Until I, mean, you, I, w- I would check it out too. <laughs> yeah, until you see one, then all of a sudden there is such thing as monsters. But for him, in his mind, why can't I check out this weird room? There's, yeah. As long as there's nobody in there, and there's no, there's definitely no such thing as monsters or ghosts. So fucking let's look around. Um, but yeah, I, if you want to call him the, if you want, that's you know, you're putting a lot of blame on this poor bastard. <laughs> Oh, no. I mean, I think, I mean, I'm not doing it. The film's doing it. I, but I think oh, that's yeah. what I think is like that each of these men in this film represent like even even without maliciously, he's not malicious in any way, I don't think. Right. But he is a villain in the sense that he, his stupidness, his, his pigheadedness, his, you know, mm-hmm. his, his, his desire to, you know, for, to be this, this man is, is, you know, one of the things that catalyzes these, you know, set of next, horrifying events that happen over the course of the film yes um and i think that is true i think what really for me uh locked that in as the theme of the film is when tess's character realizes that the mother the monster is a victim too Mm -hmm. and she doesn't like because when because in the very big you know when she hits her with the car it's angry it's like you you kept me down there you're a monster you know like I'll, i'll kill you and then in the end when she you know spoiler when she shoots she takes she picks up the the gun after after justin long's head gets ripped in half uh-huh. uh and i kept thinking of the uh another great foreshadowing line from the beginning when bill skarsgård goes girls can rip <laughs> oh yeah oh that's right yeah. girls can rip girls can rip <laughs> and then she she tears his head in half which is which is sick. that's a really great point that that's a that's a great foreshadow i don't i didn't remember yeah, yeah. I well, I only caught caught it in the second time, but but then yeah, when she shoots, when she shoots her, you know, I mean, she's obviously like, oh, this, you know, this crazy thing is not going to let me go. Like, I need to kill her to save myself. Mm-hmm. It's with sadness because it's like, I she this this poor thing has been trapped in this dungeon. Like, 
yeah. you know, for her whole life, like raised by a serial killer, you know, she's, she's inbred. She's, you know, she's clearly mentally handicapped. Like, um, so I, I thought that was kind of a touching moment. And, and in that moment, I was like, man, the real monster of this film was, well, was really Justin Long, but in a, in a way, no. it was really the, the real old, monster old is killer. the real monster is the man in the dungeon who's been raping and kidnapping women for That's 70 true. years. He's, he's the, the, he's the, he's the real monster. Yeah, but then, he's, yeah. he's monster number one. Yeah. And then I would go in descending order him, Justin Long, the Airbnb rental company, that door. That oh, I put, Air, I put, you know what? I, I take it back. If we're, I'm re-ranking Airbnb and VRBO. Those are, uh, those, those are one and two. Airbnb the is the worst. Yeah, Airbnb is the worst. Then we have our uh, over-the-top uh, 80s rapist man. And then we have, you know what? <clears throat> I understand that the mother is supposed to be a sympathetic villain character. But I'm going to be honest. She's cracking heads open and keeping people like in dungeons. I- I'm putting her above Justin Long. You know, it's, Justin I Long mean- is bad. That's but, that's fair. That's but fair. he doesn't have an actual dungeon that he keeps his victim in. That's, he has he true. has a moral gray area that he enters and justifies. Uh, we're out. Of, we're almost out of time. Andres, thank you so much again. I appreciate oh, you coming on, me. and we'll do another. One. I have a I have a really interesting non horror one. I want to talk. I want you to talk with me about. Uh, but to we'll it. talk about it off camera. We're about to be out of time. Thanks, everybody. Please like and subscribe and leave a comment and all that kind of stuff. Uh, let us know what you thought of, of this movie and let us know which one of us is, is right. Uh, although we didn't really disagree that much. Not too bad. Yeah. Anyway, thanks so much, buddy. I really appreciate it.